The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Let's take our Bibles and let's turn to Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to look in the book of Proverbs today. We'll be looking at different chapters and moving our pages, but we will only be in the book of Proverbs today. It is exciting to be here. I want to thank Dr. Adkins. I want to thank uh, the, uh, the administration and just the opportunity uh, to be here. Hey, it is a joy to serve, to instruct, to teach, and to work at Pensacola Christian College. My wife and I, our family, are privileged to be here, and uh, we are so grateful to be in this place at this time in our lives. Proverbs chapter 1 is where we begin today. I want to preach a message to you that I've entitled, A Close Look at Wisdom. Our focus today will be on the subject of wisdom. A Close Look at Wisdom is the title of my message. Years ago when I pastored in Indiana, the last several years that we were there, my wife got excited And some of your parents, maybe your mother, maybe your dad enjoys doing this, but my wife would begin to go to estate sales. How many of you have ever been to an estate sale before? Usually someone has passed away and uh, you walk into a house or a piece of property and there's all these different items for sale. Sometimes it's an auction, you bid. Sometimes they just have prices on the items. And my wife really began, Susan, my wife, she really began to enjoy going to some of these estate sales, especially on Friday afternoons or Saturday mornings. And one particular Saturday, my wife went to an estate sale. I did not go with her, uh, but she went alone. She took our van because she, hopefully she was going to be able to fill it up with items And I remember she calling me. She called me on my cell phone and she said, Honey, I have found this bench and I think I want to purchase this bench. It's it's about four feet long. It's a wood bench. It's beautiful. She said, Is it okay if I purchase this bench? And the first thing I said, Well, how much is it? She said, Oh, I think it's around $20 or $25. I'm like, No problem. Go ahead and purchase it. She purchased it. She brought the bench home. And as she brought it into the living room of the parsonage there where we were living, uh, it was a nice bench. Of course, I looked at it and I said, well, it's, it's nice. And I went about doing my business for the day. She began to get the polish out. She began to polish that bench. She began to clean it up. She took the cobwebs off the bench. I mean, she began to just really polish this bench up. And when she flipped the bench over, on the back side of the bench, there was a seal that was ingrained in the wood. Curiosity, just like you would or me, curiosity just caught the best of her. And she began to look up that seal that was on the backside underneath the bench. And when she looked up that seal on the internet, she discovered quickly after research that this bench was not just an ordinary type of bench. It was a 
well-known bench, only about 200 of them were made in, in America, and it was manufactured and it was built by a, a, a world-class American woodcrafter, and she began to look at it, and she did some more research, and the bench is valued right at about $5,000. We will never get rid of that bench. <laughs> In fact, that bench sits in our foyer of our house, and my wife went to Walmart, just a simple place, and bought some cheap pillows, and she has put those pillows on that bench. No one is allowed to sit on that bench, understandably. No one is allowed to touch the bench. No one is allowed to get close to the bench. It's put off in a corner somewhere, and I'm sure that when we pass on, our children will enjoy Uh, that nice piece of furniture. But we never knew that the value of this bench would be so great. It was a treasure we found in an estate sale. You and I, you may have something of great value. Oh, it may not be a bench per se. It may be a piece of jewelry or it may be a designer piece of clothing. It may be a designer bag or designer shoes. But all of us probably can point to something in our life that is of great value. I want to submit to you today that as we look in Proverbs, we cannot overestimate the value of wisdom that God wants us to have in our life. Today, God wants us to have a greater understanding of wisdom. And as we look in Proverbs, we see this theme of wisdom just oozing from the inspired words of Scripture, and we can see this theme of wisdom scattered throughout this book. Today, how can we have a greater understanding of wisdom as we look through the pages of Proverbs? And I want us to see from Proverbs chapter 1, we'll begin here. I want us to walk through some passages of Scripture as we attempt to look at four aspects of wisdom that I want to visualize with you today through the Scriptures. Number one, the first point of the message today is this. We must understand what wisdom is. We must understand what wisdom is. Look at Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to read at verse number 20. Now, again, we can look at several passages of Scripture here. In fact, if you look at Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7, the writer pens these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He pens, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. It is foolish of us to despise wisdom. So right off the bat, as we open up the book of Proverbs, we begin to see uh, this insight of wisdom. But I want us to focus again as we understand what wisdom is. Look at verse 20. Because wisdom, the Bible says, wisdom crieth without. She, she there is referring to wisdom. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, verse 22, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and the fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Verse 24, 
Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh, verse 27, when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They would, they would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Again, wisdom is talking here. Let me read verse 31 down to the end of the chapter. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso, now look at verse 33, but whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. What a great description as wisdom speaks to us in this very first chapter of Proverbs. Wisdom is crying out to us. And wisdom is saying, listen to me. Heed to me. Follow me. This is what wisdom is saying. I want you to hold your place there. We may come back to Proverbs chapter 1. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 8. Because as we understand what wisdom is, we see the cry of wisdom in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1. Now, before I read Proverbs chapter 8, I want to give you a definition of what wisdom is. Here's a really practical definition of what wisdom is. If we're going to talk about wisdom this morning in chapel, we need to define it. What is wisdom? Someone taught me this years ago, and I think it's a very practical definition, and I think it's relatable to all of us. Wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. Let me say that again, students. Wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. I looked at a commentary as I was studying and preparing for this message, and one commentator said this. They defined wisdom as... uh, Someone who has the ability, someone who's wise, they said someone who is wise is someone who has the ability to cope with life in a God-honoring way. A wise person is able, now watch this, to cope with life in a God-honoring way. Wisdom is seeing things, again, from God's perspective. Many do not know how to cope with life. Many have no purpose or direction in life. I really struggled with the message today. In fact, I was talking to several students last week who knew I was going to preach today. And they, they asked me, they said, Mr. Ward, what are you going to preach in chapel on Monday? And I, and I was working on a message on purpose. Because I think a lot of people struggle with identity, their purpose in life, direction in life. And I really told over that this weekend. But I got to thinking as I was studying this studying about wisdom and thinking and contemplating this message, if we have wisdom in our life, now listen, if we have wisdom in our life, God will help us to understand our purpose and direction in life. Wisdom is crying out to us. It's like a treasure that's crying out to us. Look at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1. It is descriptive of this cry. And the Bible says in Proverbs 8, verse 1, Doth not wisdom cry? And understanding put forth her, vo- her voice. 
She standeth in the top of high places, in the way of the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call. And my voice is to the sons of men, of man. O ye simple, verse 5, understand wisdom. And ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things. And the opening of my lips shall be right things. Verse seven, for my mouth shall speak truth and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. One more verse, verse eight, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing froward or perverse in them. Wisdom is crying out to us today. Wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. And number one, we must understand what wisdom is. And we need to understand as we understand the definition of what wisdom can do for our lives, it is crying out to us. You know, you think about this. I I won't do this. I promise I won't do this. But if I stood behind this pulpit for the remainder of my message, and if I just cried and yelled and screamed about the importance of wisdom, and I just raised my voice as loud as I can, and if I got on my knees and I began to physically cry and beg you to have wisdom, I think some of you would not forget that. Now, I want to implore you, I want to encourage you as we look at these points today. I want to challenge you in this area of wisdom. And my heart is for you to understand the importance of wisdom. But if I came with you with such a fervency and such a zeal and such a cry in my heart, I think many of you would be moved and touched by the the attitude of what I have to say. And that is what wisdom is doing for us. Wisdom is crying to us. We need to understand the importance of wisdom. So number one, we see that wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. That is our understanding of what it is. Number two, I want us to see, turn to Proverbs chapter 9. I want us to see number two, we must understand how wisdom is depicted. I want to give you three pictures quickly of how wisdom is depicted in Proverbs chapter 9. To depict means to show or represent. How is wisdom portrayed? Students, how is wisdom seen in Scripture, particularly in Proverbs chapter 9? Well, we see three pictures of how wisdom is depicted. Number one, it is portrayed as a house. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1. Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. Some Bible scholars view the seven pillars as the six days of creation and the seventh day of rest that God created. Some say the seven pillars represent the sun, moon, and the five planets that were known at the time of the writing of Proverbs. We don't really know exactly the seven pillars and exactly the interpretation here, but we do know this. This house was large. It had seven picture, seven pillars. It is pictured as a large house. You think about a home. A home, our home is a place of safety and security. When it's raining or if there's a storm, we go inside our house or inside a building. It's a place to keep us warm from the cold of the winter. It's a place of stability. It's a place of memories. 
My mom and dad, I've mentioned this several times, even when I've preached, and if you've had me in class, I grew up in this area. My mom and dad live in this area, and my parents still live in the same house. They've lived in the same house for almost 40 years. And every time I go and visit my parents, they live about an hour from here. Every time I go and visit my mom and dad, every time I pull up in the driveway, memories flood my, my mind of, of things that that we did at the house, memories, reunions, friends over high school days when I was in high school. There there were just many memories of living in this house that my parents have lived in for almost 40 years. Oh, it's much different. It's been remodeled. It looks different. It has different furniture than it did 40 years ago. But there's so many memories of the house Some of you can remember and and can remember of memories that you've had, maybe in the home that you've lived in, maybe from a child. Some of you are remembering and some of you are thinking right now, just in a few short weeks, I'll be back home. And you're excited about that. But wisdom is portrayed as a house. It's a place of stability. It's a place of refuge. It's a place of safety and security. And so it's portrayed as this house. Number two, not only is it portrayed as a house, but look at chapter 9, verse 2. It is portrayed, number two, how is wisdom depicted? It's portrayed, number two, as a substantial meal that we eat. Look at chapter 9, verse 2. She hath killed her beasts. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. Jump down to verse 5 of chapter 9. Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. So wisdom is portrayed as a substantial meal. You think about food. A meal is sustaining, it's nurturing, it's needful, it's helpful, it's invigorating. In fact, in about 20 minutes from now, some of you will go and you will have your lunch meal for today. If I ask you this, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if I ask you to raise your hand, how many of you are not going to eat the rest of this week? Probably not one hand would go up. We have to eat to sustain ourselves. We have to eat to nourish ourselves. We enjoy food. We enjoy gathering around the table. We enjoy eating with our friends. We cannot live without the nourishment of food. Food is necessary in our life. And I want to submit to you today, just as wisdom is depicted as a substantial meal, you and I cannot live our lives without wisdom. It is portrayed as this substantial meal. What are you seeking after? Are you seeking after wisdom like you seek after food? Some seek fame. Some seek possessions. Some seek power. We've heard this before, some seek pleasure. All these things are temporary and they will never last. They will never find substance in our life. Wisdom is this pictured as a substantial meal. It's portrayed as a house. It's portrayed as a substantial meal. Number three, it's portrayed as a school of servants. Look at verse three of chapter nine. She hath sent forth her maidens... She crieth upon the highest places of the city. This, is, this wisdom is portrayed as a school of servants. These servants are sent out to invite people to come and dine at this meal. They're, 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 they're begging people to come. Verse 5, again, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mingled. 
Wisdom offers so much. Wisdom says, don't go by the way of the world. Verse six, forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. Wisdom is portrayed as a house, is portrayed as a substantial meal, is portrayed as a school of servants. These servants are going out. Come, eat of this wisdom, eat of me, learn of me, get your nourishment from me. This is what wisdom is depicted as. So we see what wisdom is. Number one, we must understand what wisdom is. Number two, we must understand how wisdom is depicted. It's portrayed as a house, a meal. It's portrayed as a school of servants, verse three. Then I want to focus here and we'll park here under point number three. I want us to see number three, wisdom's effects. You and I must understand wisdom's effects. How does wisdom affect our life? Well, take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 10. And we're going to look there in Proverbs 10, 11, 14, and through verse six, chapter 16. But I want to give you several effects that wisdom has upon our life. And when we apply wisdom to our life and we seek wisdom in our life, students, these are the effects that wisdom has on our life. Number one... As we seek wisdom, we'll understand, number one, that we should listen. A wise person, number one, listens to instruction. And this is one of the effects of wisdom. When wisdom is applied to our lives, we will come to the place in our life, students, where we will begin to listen to instruction. Proverbs 1, 5. I'm going to read chapter 1, verse 5. You're in Proverbs 10, but let me read verse 5 of chapter 1. A wise man will hear... And will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. A wise person, here's the effect, a wise person listens to instruction. This is the effect of wisdom. I've often thought, one of these days I'm going to preach a message on learning the art of listening. Because it seems that as we go through the day-to-day activities of being at PCC... We are learning and we're developing this pattern of listening. Some of you will go to class today, just like you are listening to me right now in this chapel message. You'll go to class after class after class and you'll listen to an instructor. You'll listen, you'll take notes, hopefully. You'll you'll pay attention in class, hopefully. You You won't fall asleep. You'll you'll be attentive and you'll listen and you'll take notes so that you can pass that class. That is a mark of a wise person. A wise person listens to instruction. Not only does a wise person listen to instruction, we're in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5. A wise person, now listen, this is the effect of wisdom. A wise person delights in daily work. Proverbs 10, verse 5, look at what the Bible says. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. A wise person delights in daily work. I can't stress this enough. This is powerful. When I think about wisdom and how it affects my life, it affects my life in a way that causes me to get up every day and be excited about the work that God has called me to do. 
There's a work for us to do. There's a plan for our life. There's purpose in our life. Wisdom, as I apply it to my life, wisdom drives me to the place where it it causes me to delight in my calling and my work in life. And I love chapter 10, verse 5. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes us shame. A wise person delights in daily work. Number three, I'm going to give you a list of these. Again, understanding wisdom's effect. How does wisdom affect me? Well, a wise person listens to instruction. It causes me to listen to instruction. Number two, it causes me to delight in daily work. Number three, a wise person obeys. So the effect is obedience. Proverbs chapter 10, you're there. Look at verse 8. The wise in heart will receive commandments. A wise person will receive instruction and he, she will obey. You and I need to come to the place in our life and we will find great freedom when we learn to obey. When we learn, we learned it as a child to obey our parents. There's always going to be some type of authority above us. You say, I can't wait to graduate from PCC. I can't wait to leave here. Then I don't have to worry about some of the rules. You're always going to have somebody that will, that you will have to follow something, some standard, some guideline, you will always have someone over you that will instruct you and there will always be things for you to obey. A wise person obeys and you and I would do ourselves well if we learn to be obedient first to God and as we follow him, we will be submissive in our demeanor. So a wise person obeys, a wise person delights in daily work, a, a wise person listens. Number four, a wise person values what he or she learns. Look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 14. Again, we're looking at wisdom's effects. Number four, a wise person values what he or she learns. Verse 14, wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. We're to lay up knowledge. I remember when we moved here again in the summer of 2017 and we unpacked the moving truck and we we bought a house and we settled here in Pensacola and we were going through things. You know, when you move from one place to the other, you learn about what you have. And I remember going through uh, files and going through books and going through materials that I had in my study in Indiana and I found and I came across, believe it or not, notes that I had taken some 30 32, 33 years ago in classes that you sit in today from Pensacola Christian College. I had saved, and I hadn't saved all my notes, but there are some classes that I saved notes to. And I couldn't believe that here, here were notes that I had written out. Now, that was before iPads and computers, so everybody handwritten, handwrote their notes. And here was this stack of notes that I had found and some files that I had tucked away. I had found these notes. You and I would do ourselves wise to learn what we value and, and grow from what we have and what we learn. A wise person values what he or she learns. Number five, I'll give you one more. A wise person flees from sin. You're in Proverbs 10. Turn quickly to Proverbs 14, verse 16. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 16. I want you to see this quickly. A wise person flees from sin. Look at verse 16. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is 
confident. I love chapter 14, verse 16. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil. You show me someone that hates sin and flees from sin, and I'll show you someone that's wise. There are many other effects of wisdom, but I wanted to highlight just those four or five. And lastly, I want to give you the last point of the message, and I want you to take your Bibles quickly and turn to one more passage, uh, Proverbs chapter 8, turning back to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 15. The last point I want to leave you with before we leave today is this. We must understand wisdom's delight. Look at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 15. Proverbs 8, 15. We must understand, number four, wisdom's delight. Proverbs 8, 15 says this, and I close with this passage of Scripture. Wisdom is descriptive here. Wisdom is talking. And wisdom says this in verse 15. By me kings reign and princes decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. Verse 17, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Now look at verse number 18, Proverbs 8, 18. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will feel their treasures. What a wonderful description of wisdom. Remember the bench I mentioned at the beginning of the message? I'm thankful that we were able to find a treasure that we will treasure the rest of our lives. I'm thankful that it's probably, we, my wife and I would probably say it's probably the most, one of the most valuable pieces of furniture that we have in our house. I'm thankful that we have a bench that we can tell people about. But listen, whether it's a bench, a diamond, a fancy house, a fancy car, none of that is compared to the, now watch this, none of that is compared to the treasure of wisdom as it describes itself in Proverbs chapter 8. And my challenge to you this morning as we leave chapel is to seek wisdom, seek her benefits, recognize that true wisdom comes from the Lord. Be teachable, be learning, because what you have as you gain wisdom in your life is a treasure in your life that is far better than anything you could ever possess on the face of this earth. Students, will you seek wisdom? Will you treasure it? Will you value it? Will you heed to it? As you study here, as you go about your daily tasks, will you be a person that desires wisdom like we would desire a treasure? Would you mind the scripture? And would you allow wisdom to impact and change your life? Will you do that? That's my prayer for you today. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.